guys are all doing well you got the seven two here today hey i want to say first and foremost i got some amazing guests now you're probably wondering why i do this show i've done 80 million dollars in high ticket sales and that's basically an understatement so what i want to do here is i want to help people get into the sales game there's a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to sales so what i want to do is i've created a platform here that every saturday morning i get people that want to come on and ask me questions specific to sales mindset I typically charge $300 an hour for my consulting on high ticket sales, but this is something I want to do for all of you guys and make sure you guys become the rock stars that you are. So stay tuned. what's going on okay here we got our first guest here mr ali how's it going brother hey mark i'm good thanks again for having me over man this is really exciting like you said you know some of the stuff you're putting out is worth a lot of money and i just appreciate the free content you're just pushing out it's awesome i appreciate that man and you know what i'm gonna tell you what if you enjoy it should people be subscribing and liking this of course 100%, okay, man. so you heard it. Why not subscribe and like this 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 channel right now? Because if you're not, only you're missing out. And those of you on Instagram, get off IG and get on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel, and then you can also ask questions as well. So, Ali, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So uh, currently, I'm working. Um, I have an interesting journey, working full time, having a few businesses on the side, uh, primarily working on the marketing side. And okay. I don't have that much experience in the sales side, right? That's not been one of my focus, but I do know okay. if you want to succeed in anything, you have to sell yourself. And that's where all this lacked. How do I sell myself exactly, right? Not just in any business form, but in, in your personality form, right? Like you go to a job, let's say you, you go to a, uh, uh, you have a relationship with someone, you're always selling yourself, you're always selling value. And I always never really focused on that until I realized after watching you that you're actually your own salesperson in a way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, after you started doing this, I started thinking, Hey, you know what? Like I got to sell myself. I got to put myself out there. I got to show people that, Hey, I am worth something and they should invest with me either. If it's money, time, mentorship, whatever, whatever it is, you got to communicate that value somehow. So, you know, when you're doing this, I, I said, fuck it, I'm going to come on. Uh, I'm going to put myself in a hot seat, put you in a hot seat and see like uh, what we can do. Awesome. Love it. No, and this is how we grow, my friend. I mean, nothing, nothing paralyzes the more, paralyzes the brain more than staying in our comfort zone. Complacency paralyzes the mind. So for mm -hmm. the fact that you have the balls to come on here, that says everything about your character and your willingness to learn. So, and you know what? And the thing about sales and marketing and anything anybody's doing is that people forget you are the prize. You are the asset. If I'm trying mm -hmm. to sell this nice cup of coffee to someone and say, hey, oh, it's a cup of coffee and I can get I can sell this to you for 99 cents because McDonald's is selling it for $1.10. I'm coming in as needy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, fuck you. You want my cup of coffee? You can't you can't you can't buy it. It's too expensive for you. Right. What what triggers the mind right away? The what fact triggers that you can't get it. That? Yeah, the fact you can't, you can't yeah. get it, right? And what happens at that moment in time is people want what they can't have. 100%. And uh, it's not a negative part, but it is something that pushes us mostly towards our goals. But I love how you can use that as psychology when you're selling. You know, I've seen people use that in marketing tactics a lot. Yep. And it works. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and it's so so that's 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 one element of it. And sales is... Sales is not tactics. Sales is not strategy. Sales is the art of communication. Mm -hmm. It's just another way to communicate. Just like sign language is a, a very effective way to communicate, so is sales. It's the art of persuasion. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I never cool. saw it that way, but that's cool. Hey, you know what? If you're if you're going on a date with someone and they get to choose which restaurant they go to, they're they're using the art of persuasion to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. If you let me choose a restaurant, you know what I'm going to do to you tonight. Who won? Who, <laughs> right? You There's, won, yeah. Right? So that's mm -hmm. the thing. And the rule number one in sales is that the mo the if you let the other person feel like they're in charge, you're in charge. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Interesting. And that's cool. And see, Tony Robbins, and I mean, they're amazing. Like, you know what? 
Tony Robbins, there's a lot of uh, trying to think of uh, some names uh, off the top of my head that, you know, talk about the, like Zig Ziglar and that kind of amazing, amazing mm -hmm. on sales. A lot of it's about building rapport and which is fine. Your report is part of the research before you come in the room. You should, you should do your homework before you get in there. You should know who people are. If they mm -hmm. like golf, okay, cool. How does that impact the deal? So, you, so there's two fundamentals. One is, do we go in and build that rapport first? But all you're doing is you're coming in more needy. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's more, it's less transactional, I've noticed over time, and more, like you said, relationship-based, because you're not just going to go and exchange money, you're exchanging value. And mm -hmm. it really matters that um, what I can do for this person to make it better for him. I mean, that's what I struggled in when I had a few past sales jobs when I was younger mm -hmm. uh, as a college student. And it was always about buy this, buy this, you know, mm -hmm. this is so cool. But it was never really about, hey, this thing can really help you. Like, you know, your competitors are screwing you over. I can get a better deal for you. So I, after changing my perspective, I've noticed that a lot, not just in sales, but in a lot of things, um, let's say dating, why would anyone date with you because, or go out with you because you have something they need or they want, you have some offer you're bringing to the table. So it's not just transactional, it's more how much value you can get. And that's something that really changed my perspective on sales and generally in life, because it's all about exchanging value in anything you do overall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So let's get right to your first question, brother. Yeah. So Mark, I really, this is going to be a really personal question. So I just want to know more about you a bit more because I've been following you, but I never really figured this out. Uh, what got you into sales in the first place? I know you got over $80 million in high ticket sales. You did a great job, but was it something that you knew you would succeed in or was it something you pushed in? What happened? Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, so I'll give you some, some, uh, some background on that, how I got into sales. I didn't even know. I mean, and, and it wasn't until actually being in sales for for numbers, numerous years saying, fuck, I've always been a salesperson. Um, and to give you some context with that, um, and for those of you watching on Instagram, ask your questions there. Before I forget about you guys, ask questions there about sales and mindset. Um, so I was always you know, doing things. And I I mean, fuck, I, I was really good at the art of persuasion. I can get what I want. Okay. But I didn't okay. really know all the selling. Okay. So I was very good at uh, persuasion and so forth. And what happened was, is I was working in a hospital. I actually made a post on this on Instagram. So I gave some background information for me. So this might go a little long, long winded here. So I worked as a respiratory therapist in a hospital. Okay. I worked in critical care. I, I worked with the sickest patients you can imagine. Okay. These are, these are on, on like people on heaven's door or hell's door. Okay. Um, and Working in as a respiratory therapist, working critical care, there was the art of persuasion, but you had to come in for more of a, uh, it was the aspect of when you're working with physicians and saying, hey, this is the treatment we need to be doing, or this is the modality we need to put them on, or these are the type of settings we have to do on life support. So I, I, I just really enjoyed, I had a thirst of, I had a thirst and hunger for more knowledge and knowledge and knowledge, because then I could utilize that and then turn it into, into something else. But I really didn't re realize what I had until one evening. I had just got back from Puerto Rico, actually. It's, it's, it's funny how you asked that question because I just posted about my trip to Puerto Rico recently on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And I got in, uh, it was 11 o'clock at night. I got a call saying, hey, we need someone in to come in for four hours. And I was working the neonatal intensive care unit. So these are premature babies that are, their lungs are just too immature. They can't breathe. Um, so you're dealing with five, 600 gram babies or like, you know, they're not even in a cup of your hand, basically. And you got a, you know, got a tube in them and we're, we're trying to get, we're trying to save their lives is what we're doing or buy us time to fix the disease process. So at the time there was actually a gentleman that actually had come in uh, and he was actually doing training on life support systems. These life support systems were uh, probably about 60, $70,000 each at the time. So he was ready to go home. It was 11 o'clock at night and fuck, I'm, 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 I'm flirting with the nurses and I'm doing my thing. And I said, fuck, show me your machine. Like, don't go home yet. I want to know more about this machine. So we hit it off, struck a chord with him. And then um, he just said to me, um, okay, appreciate it. I like what I saw. And we left it at that. So by then it was probably like, you know, midnight at the hospital. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go downstairs to the cafeteria and I'm going to go grab a Slurpee. That's what I want. That was my thing. Night shifts. I have to get a fucking Slurpee. I go down to the cafeteria and as I'm coming up, the elevator doors open. 
And here's this gentleman right there. And he says, I've been looking for you. I go, what's up? He goes, we have interviewed 17 people for a position here. We need someone here. And I think you got what it takes. Would you be interested in flying out to our head office? I'm like, fuck, I'm 20 years old, man. I'm going to get a free flight. I'm going to get a limo. I'm going to get like, you know, I said, fuck, I'll go. Sure. Yeah. I flew to corporate office and I was told at that time that they don't, they don't uh, hire on spot. They go through this long interview process and so forth. And um, I was offered a job on the spot. Damn. And I was offered a job at the spot. In fact, I didn't even look at the contract. I said, I'm ready to sign. Because something my gut just said, this is where I need to be. And, uh, and that's where it took off in a professional sales position where I actually got paid right. for my passion. I got paid for my skill set. Um, and that's, uh, that's where, how, how it all started, man. I haven't looked back since. That's awesome, man. The fact that you can turn a passion into, um, well, something you can money off, right? Because I believe most of us just have a job. Not many of us actually have a passion we're making money from. And that's so hard to do. Well, that's prison. But that is prison, 100%. Like, it, I think the stats are 95% of us are working a job. Only 5% have a career or a passion they're following. Yeah. It makes fucking sense. You know, we're all dropping that. So in that case, I'm assuming at that point, since you went, and this is a follow-up question to that, you went in with the mindset that this is what I want to do, but not the mindset that, hey, fuck, I'm going to make a lot of money on this. It was more, this is what I enjoy doing. Yeah, so I didn't even have a mindset, man. I, 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 I was living, partying, man. I, I didn't have uh, a mindset. I just said life, I've always lived on the edge, which is life's biggest risk is not taking one. Mm. And in fact, I actually took a pay cut. But something about this, and there was some intrigue I had. There was some intrigue I had, and I said, "Fuck!" I mean, because the plan was, I was, I was gonna, I was actually prepared to go back to medical to to do uh, to become a, a medical uh, doctor. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was what I was doing, and I said, "Fuck! Hey, I'll just go and I'll give this. I'll just give it a try. What do I have to lose? What do I have to mm -hmm. lose? What do I have to lose?" So I guess that was where my some of my mindset was, but it was still very very immature. Um, and, um, and that's, that's, like I said, that's where it started. And, uh, and from that on, I've actually done some quick math and there's, um, now I can't remember who it is and like, maybe it's Zig Ziglar. It could be Tony Robbins, one of these, uh, legends that talks about mastery and mastery is when you dedicate over 10,000 hours into yep. a craft. I've done some quick math and I have, um, put in over 128,000 hours into sales. Wow. And that's just from working, practicing, meeting people. Wow. That's and that's an, that's an underestimate right there. Okay. So you can say this is what you've dedicated yourself to, and this is who you personally are. So now following up to that, uh, in your time as a salesperson, was there ever a time that you knew that I got to stop pursuing a certain client? How, how could you tell that it was time to, you know, close the chapter on this and move on? So are you talking about when you have uh, like firing a client? Is that what you mean? Technically a yeah, firing or just like, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to work with you anymore. Cool. Yeah. You know what? It, it It's part of the maturity of sales. We come into sales and we come across saying, Hey, how are you? Thank you for your time and mm -hmm. this and this and this. What you've just done is you've now just given a gap to that person with now having more power than you do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you've done that, you've already set the framework that they're, they're going to push on you. They're going to negotiate because you're coming from a sense of neediness. Mm -hmm. Just like being in a relationship with someone, you come in needy, they're going to fucking control the relationship. Okay. I've actually had instances where, okay. So where I draw the line with people is integrity. Number one, you fuck me, you're dead to me. Okay. Mm. So when I say fuck me, I'm talking about did they screw me over on a deal? Did they, um, where's their integrity? Where's their mm -hmm. character? And there's some fucking motherfuckers out there that they, they, it, it's either a power game or they're cheap as fuck. I okay. Bet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've had instances where I'll tell people straight up, I'll say, you know what? Um, I can't do business with you no more. Okay. And they look at me because what I've just done is I've just simply turned the tables. Who has the power when that happens? That's you. Yeah. I made the decision. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you mean? No, 
I'm like, I have this product and you're not the right person for this. This is, okay. I'm not the right person for you. And that's okay. Cause I can go home and I can go home and sleep. Okay. At night. Cause guess what? I have a thousand other people that are interested in this. Mm-hmm. So you have to control that narrative. I've actually fired customers and said, Hey, we're not a right fit. We're not a right fit. Guess what happens to those fired customers? They, I bet they come back to you. They come back on their fucking knees. Mm-hmm. They come back on their knees because now they got FOMO. Everybody's buying this. Everybody has a connection with Mark Smith. I want a piece of this. Mm-hmm. So what do you think I do at that point in time? I don't know. What do you do? I said no. You had oh, your opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had your opportunity. But I mean, if they've already, if they've, or if they've, or like I've seen people, I've seen people that will fucking sell their mothers for just to get a deal. Do you think those are the people I want to, I want to associate with? Oh no, no. So, so to answer your question about firing customers, yeah, I love firing customers. I'll give you an example of, of firing customers. I've had people that are interested in our deals. So myself and my business partner Alex Solga, we're the apartment guys. So we work very hard to get getting these off-market apartment deals. Soon as someone says, I go to them, I say, I got this deal. I'm on a short time frame. It's these are the details. Boom, 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 boom. And soon as they say something fucking stupid to me, saying, "Whoa, who are you and why should?" Thank you very much. You're off my fucking buyers list. They come back and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We were just asking a question. You're off my buyers list." I see. So you can see the narrative now. People can look at that as this guy's a fucking asshole. We're going to have to put the censorship on this one. Um, a lot of beeps on, on this one, that's for sure. But you can see how fired up I am. Is mm-hmm. um, You respect hey, your time. That's all it is. That's all I ask right. for people is respect other respect, respect yourself by respecting someone else's time. Because if you can't respect mm-hmm. someone else's time, that means you have no respect for your own time. Exactly. That's awesome, dude. And like, you know, following up on that, because this is a really interesting venture you're doing with Alex with yes. the apartments. Um, I'm hundred percent sure you come across deals that just the client where when you're buying the apartment and the seller isn't budging, uh, that's got to hurt at times because sometimes I'm sure it's, I really want to get this, but this guy's not really listening. Um, I'm sure you've had to walk away from deals like that too. Mm-hmm. How do you deal? How do you deal with that? Cause the rejection must really hurt at that point. Who's it rejecting me or them? Yeah, they're rejecting. Well, you're rejecting them in a way as well. I am. Mm-hmm. They're the motivated seller. Mm-hmm. They got the pain points. They have the need, not me. Okay. Right. You're, you're coming in from an abundance mindset, correct? You know, I'm coming in from more... abundance mindset. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, if I only had one clientele, yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, okay, maybe I need to do this. But that's why it's so important. We always talk about building your pipeline, building your mm-hmm. your customer base. It's so important. Because that gives you leverage. Ah, uh, because you're not you're not desperate for one guy. You have other people to look at. That's so true, man. That's so fucking true in anything. Um, not just sales, but like I've noticed uh, building networking, like networks, um, yep. or just even you know going for job interviews. You can't really negotiate your salary because you know you're fucked. Uh, if you have more job opportunities, you're like fuck you, man. I want ten thousand more. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. This other company, this other guy is paying me this much. Yeah. Or even with any clients, you know, um, it really becomes on how many opportunities you have in the market mm-hmm. to leverage that. Now, following uh, up again on that, based on the content you're putting out as a salesman, have you know, you definitely noticed that the more content you're putting out, the more opportunities you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point, this, I know we were talking about this in one of our, one of our podcasts, but at what point did it struck you as a salesperson that holy shit i can make uh leads from content and mm-hmm. it seems like because uh, i know you started posting our content when i met you was that an automatic thought that i can make leads from content or was that accidentally discovered i didn't know what the fuck i was doing man i i you know what there's there's two ways to look at social media okay social media can either be a weapon of mass destruction mm-hmm. okay and that is taking a picture of your food and then looking at your phone, how many people are going to like it? It's like, fuck off. Like that, you got to fix something else. Go get therapy. That's, that shouldn't be your therapy, okay? Or two, you can actually use it as a significant business tool. What I do know is that 
it's not who you know in the world. It's who knows you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I had to deal with a lot of scarcity mindset because I'm like, I'm doing these posts. I'm trying to do this. I got four kids. Everything is being done half ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something is going to have to give. I couldn't give up on any of those things. Okay. So where the whole scarcity mindset comes in then is like, okay, well, maybe I need to hire someone. Okay. Now I got to hire, but I got to pay someone, but I could do it myself. Hmm. And it's this, it's this pendulum going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The issue is not the fucking money. The issue is your own confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was when I had that epiphany saying, hey, I would buy from me. I would want to take me out for a drink at the bar and saying, hey, let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. I want to know who the fuck you are. The people that do not spend money on themselves have a confidence issue. I see it all the time. I see realtors that as soon as you talk about spending marketing on themselves, it's like, yeah. then you're just answering a question for yourself is that you're not worthy to get my business. Mm-hmm. So this becomes a confidence issue. How much you how much you are willing to, to play? I mean, how much you're willing to pay is gonna be how much confidence you have. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between going and playing at the five dollar poker table versus going to the high roller table where the minimum bets fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Comes down to your confidence. If I lack confidence, I'm not going to go and put $50,000 as a minimum bet. But when I have the confidence, now where does the confidence come from? I'm not born with this confidence. I'm gro- My confidence is growing every day. Right. Are there areas I know I recognize that I lack confidence? Absolutely. What do I do with them? I double down on them. It, I force the issue to become uh, uncomfortable to allow me to grow to build that confidence. Okay. You know, that, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, like I said, I've dedicated over 128,000 hours just on the whole aspect of sales. I don't mm-hmm. stop and rejoice and saying, I'm, I'm the best. What do I do? I double down. I invest in sales courses. I invest in books for sales. I don't stop mm-hmm. there because that is what mastery is. Exactly. There's no end point, right? There's no level of perfection, I believe. There's only getting better. Um, you struck a chord there because um, when you said about realtors or realtors not being confident in themselves, it's funny you say that because I've had so many clients that are not even willing to put $500 in their marketing because they don't think uh, branding in themselves can get them more leads. Yep. And it speaks volumes. And that's when you know you don't have, you can't work with them because they're not just going to give themselves a hard time. They're going to give you a hard time because now you're responsible for fixing their confidence issues because they have already have that problem. Yeah. So it's, it's a big problem when you're, I, I honestly believe when you're working with clients, it's not just when you're coming from a very scarcity mindset that I'll take any client there is. Yeah. Um, that used to be me. I used to like take any client I could get. And that was just a pain in the ass. I had yep. said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. Uh, I started being really picky, started working with clients that I knew would be more open and receptive for information and willing to change yep. versus people that are coming with a fixed mindset saying, here's $500, change my life. Yeah. doesn't work that way, buddy. doesn't work no, it that doesn't. way. It doesn't. Absolutely. I, my golden rule is if you're not willing to invest in yourself, who the fuck will invest in you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's it. Okay. So... And, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the questions. We've got some great questions so on Instagram. How, what do you think about someone who has the confidence but is lacking money for marketing? Great question. So you take that confidence and you go ask people for money. You're the asset. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. When, when you have a, someone that's raising $100 million for a building, they have the confidence. They don't have the money. So yeah. what do they do? They have to go raise it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and that's really what it comes down to. And, and, and so I, I look at that. I look at that and I ask people, what are you doing to invest in yourself? That's very important to me because I want to know they got the mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you say invest in yourself, like people, like it's good to put money, but, and, and get a professional coach, but it doesn't even, if you're struggling with money, dude, it, it could be as simple as reading a book. 
Um, that's how I started before I started putting money in myself because I didn't have the confidence back then to think that, hey, I can actually improve myself because um, there will be a return on investment. Mm -hmm. So I started reading books and I noticed, started doing small things like having a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that these things actually fucking help. And yep. then over time, I'm like, what if I start putting money into this and start hiring people that know what they're doing to help me? Right. A few years later, boom, different person. And, you know, that's what I kind of come from. And uh, not really a sales related question, but still, it is still that same aspect that we're all salespeople in the end. We're all selling something. And if you're not putting money into your own product, which is yourself, your mind, you're selling garbage. No one's going to invest in you, like you said. Well, and, and the fact of the matter is, Ali, is we are already a salesperson because we're either selling ourselves ourselves why mm -hmm. why we have to get something or we're already selling ourselves why we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where the first sales happens is up here. Yeah, that's it. Like where's, there was a rule that someone it takes four or five seconds for someone to realize if they like you or not mm -hmm. when they meet you. So very short. So you got to make a good impression. If you're coming on like, you know, shaky, flaky, you can't really form words or you're not really sure what you're doing, then you're not going to get that pitch. You're not, not going to get that sale. Mm -hmm. So you're yep. fucking yourself over in the door right there. I, th I think the stat, I have to double check one of my books, but I think it was like 80% of decisions are already made before you actually do the pitch. Yeah, 100%. Because they're and already, I their brain is already saying, can I work with this guy? Mm-hmm. And you can do that in any area in your life. Either you Absolutely. go to a job interview, you can go on a date, you can go meet your new uh, clients. It's going to be the same. Mark, uh, thanks again for the time, dude. I no really problem, man. This. Uh, you really got a lot of value. Really thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate that, man. Good awesome. having you on here. And thanks for uh, thanks for letting a fire in your butt to be on here and throwing yourself to the <laughs> world, man. Because, most again, this is the shit I look for. I, I throw it out there all the time on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Who wants to get uncomfortable? Who wants to be on the show? Like I, this is, I'm, I'm doing this because, Hey, you know what? I want to help people and I want to get people a platform. That's why I'm doing mm -hmm. it. Okay. You're not going to get this from anyone else. Yeah. Tony Robbins is not going to say, Hey, Mark, you want to come on me on Saturday morning? He's going to say, who the hell are you? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But I'm forcing people because I want, I want all of you that are pushing yourselves. I'm going to be in your shadows. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it looks like there's a question that came up here um, before we bring on our next guest. So I'll bring this mm -hmm. up here right now. Uh, Lance asks, how, how are you negotiating your deals, Mark? Everything revolves around sales. It does. The most powerful skill in sales is listening. You can't negotiate if you don't know. You can't negotiate if you're not listening. Mm -hmm. So how do I negotiate my deals? Very simple. I listen. I listen. And what I, the second thing I do, I listen, listen again. And the third thing is I listen more. Sales is the art of not only persuasion, but it's a powerful listening skill that you need. Because no one wants to be sold. I hear this all the time from people. We're the biggest solution providers. Okay, you don't know what my problem is. So you need to take that onion Peel the layers back. Peel the layers back. And that's how it, it comes to life. And that's how you pivot. And that's what you focus on. You got to be laser focused. A lot of people will come in and they'll do this. Um, they'll do this shotgun approach, right? You're getting it's one kill shot. Just that's what you that's that's what you have to get. It's not gonna be everything else. Just get you get that one kill shot, that's all you have. So, Lance, hopefully that helps. Um, do I have a skill uh, a sales script and process? Um, I do not have a script. I don't like scripts because I sound like a fucking robot. Mm -hmm. I can tell someone's on the phone and they're trying to, and I said, I've actually done this to people that have called me and they, they would ask me a question and they would, I would say like, I know where this is going. And like, so as soon as I say no, or I do something else, they're not listening to me and I'll, I'll have fun with it. I'll say the answer's on page 33 and are like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. In your buyer. I just said no to this. The answer's on page 33 because I know they're reading from a fucking binder and they're frantically looking for that answer. So That's put that binder funny. away. <laughs> put that binder away and let's have an honest conversation because you're disrespecting me by reading from a freaking binder. Right. 
And what's the process? The process, man, again, it comes down to listening. A little tip I'll use all the time. I use all the time. Sir, ma'am, do you mind if I take notes? And they're like, sure. What have I just demonstrated to that person? My willingness to listen. How many people go into this and all they do is it's the person with the silver tongue. They just fucking yap. Yap, 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 yap. They come out of there. Oh, yeah, we're going to get this deal. No, you're not. You didn't know what they want. And then the process is, is that once you have it documented, once you have it, at the end of it, you say, okay, thank you very much. I just want to be clear. I have all the information here. This is what you want. Okay, why? So you want to stay in the question. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. And Lance, the most important thing is you have to be willing to walk away. Because when you know going into that deal that you can walk away from it, you have the power, my friend. Hopefully that was helpful. Cool. That fucking is, man. That fucking is. You got to have the power to walk away and say no to yourself as well. Absolutely, That's man. So dynamic. Mark, Ali, yeah, thanks, thanks again, brother, buddy. man. I will talk to you soon, okay? Absolutely, man. More. Thank you for coming on, man. All right, awesome. We're going to make our next guest here. Thank you, man. Okay, everyone. So here we go. So first and foremost, give me some questions in the comment section. I mean, on Instagram. I mean, we got the ones that want to stay on that are actually interested in sales. Ask your questions there. Send me some love. Send me some hearts. If you're enjoying this, if you're watching this on YouTube, which you better be, you need to hit the subscribe button. You need to hit the like button. Okay. Um, so let me bring on my next guest here. So we got uh, D-Raj here. Hey, hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Good. Excellent, man. So before we get to it, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a real estate investor based out on from Toronto. Uh, I'm pretty new to real estate investing. I have done two deals. Uh, and this year, I'm really looking to scale up my business. And part of that, I believe, like I have learned this from you. I should really thank you for this approach that before you grow your business, grow your mindset, right? Like to, to build on your mindset so that whenever you have to take tough decisions, you are ready for it, right? And that's where... Uh, I'm looking into getting myself mentored and, you know, learn the tricks and trades of the business before really going into it and doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So really, I'm really thankful to you because I learned it from your social media. People say that, you know, you need to get coaches, but I think today's social media has been so helpful, like your channels, your Instagram, basically everything that you put out there has motivated me to take a lot of decisions in my life. And I'm really thankful for that. Well, I'm happy to hear that, Dheeraj. That's yeah. great, man. You know what? Um, I spend a lot of money. I spend a lot of money on 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 what I do. I mean, and I have no shame in saying this. Uh, my spend is probably. That's I know, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to factor in probably my time as well on on that aspect, and I would say the probably the spend is probably close to eleven to twelve thousand dollars a month. That was that was my first question. Like I was going to ask you that because that that really tells our mindset, right? How much do you spend towards building your mindset and towards building your business? Like if you have to put a ratio on it, what would you? Can't, you you say? can't build your business if you don't have your mindset in tune. I've made a pledge. A lot of people will say, "Oh, I'm going to take a million dollars invest in property." Go ahead, motherfucker. I'm taking a million dollars. I'm investing it between my my between my ears. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because someone that's going to take a million dollars, invest in real estate because they get so proud of how many fucking doors they have. When the market crashes, they're going to be selling me their doors. That's true. So I focus on the mindset. Yeah. I focus true. on the mindset. That's what I want because I know that I'm. People have asked me, hey, I got this call last week. I was on the treadmill. Someone called me and said, what's, what's the end game for you? What's your goal? Said, I want to be invincible. I didn't say immortal. I said invincible. Why? Because I'm focused on this. And I have my struggles. I have I have relationship issues. You know? Um, but if it wasn't for me focusing on this, I would be 60 pounds overweight. My blood pressure would be 200 over 150. I would be on insulin syringes. I'd be a, a, I'd be a walking disaster. 
So until you get this right, don't even think about the business. Oh, okay. It's like telling yeah. an alcoholic to go start a business. If they don't fix the problem, how can they go start a business? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so uh, the next question is, do, do you have bad days like in business? Everybody has a bad day, right? So do you have a bad day and what is your strategy or your plan? Like, how do you process your bad day and bring it back to a good day? Define, define a bad day. I don't know, things not going as you planned, maybe. Okay. You know how many cell phones I've thrown through doors and windows? I you know how many times I've tried to flip over a desk? Luckily, this desk is too heavy for me to do that. But so we all have bad days. Yeah. We all have bad days. Okay. But it's not the bad day that, that, that defines you. And, and again, I keep on quoting one of my favorite books, My Man Search and Meeting by Victor Frankl, Dr. Victor Frankl which is, it's not the circumstance that defines you, it's how you choose to respond to that circumstance. So anytime I have a bad moment, a bad deal or what have you, I look at it, what do I take from this? How do I turn this? And how, do I, how, how does this allow me to grow? Hmm. Okay, I'll give you examples, okay? I've had other investors fuck me over. I've had them say, oh, the house is only worth this. So yeah, I've had that. I could go and lose my shit. I'm like, hey, that's their reality. If that's what they want to do, they're dead to me. I've actually had customers when I used to do my ticket sales. Um, I had one customer. I'll never forget. You ready for a story here? Um, yeah, sure. Okay. So here's uh, I had a customer, and um, what happened was is uh, it was in it was this was out in Alberta, and what happened was is we were selling life support systems, and I was fairly new, and I would actually go in and I. What I learned very quickly, Diraj, is I didn't have to be 10 times better. I just had to be 1% better than my competitors. That's true. That's it. Yeah. Just be a little bit better. So I would go in and I would go in at all hours of the night. I'd go in on weekends because I knew my competitors wouldn't. So I was working. I wasn't. So in, what ended up happening was is I knew that the decision makers weren't liking my product. And I just felt like there was some other unethical stuff happening. So mind you, this is, this is when I was uh, my immaturity in sales, okay? So what ended up happening was is I got the majority vote, which was I got the order. So, yeah. so I basically, the way it was is I would get this requisition, and the requisition, I think, was for like $200,000. And then I would actually have to go to procurement, and then procurement would then wire the funds and do what they have to do, okay? Yeah. Get the purchase order out. I got this requisition in my hand. Okay. In my stomach, I'm like, okay, I did it. I did it. I did it. But there's something that just didn't feel right. As I'm walking to the door outside of the department, two people show up and they put their hands on the door. Two women. I'm not going to mention their names, but they know who they are if they're watching. They basically took it out of my hand and saying, we've decided to cancel the opportunity. And that was it. My crocodile brain was about to lose its shit. Okay. Because I worked extremely hard for that deal. What did I do? Is I said, thank you very much. And I walked away. I went to my car. Yeah, I must have hit that spring wheel or whatever it was. <laughs> and that was the end. I fired them. Mm. I fired them. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So seven years later, I got a phone call. Because I was doing a presentation somewhere and saying, and someone said to me, one of my allies said, oh, by the way, I've, in, I've invited these people from this, this hospital. And I'm like, how do I, do I jeopardize this potential deal because there's a friendship here or do I just go with it? And I said, I'm just going to go with it. So I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm working through this. The what if this happens? What if, so I'm getting all prepared for my presentation, Diraj. I actually go to the cafeteria and I'm having a coffee. As I get up, someone, this is, I'm wearing like, I'm wearing a suit. I'm in the hospital cafeteria and this person picks me up. Like you wouldn't believe and almost like a bear hug and throws me sideways. So like, I can't see this guy. I look to the side. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He, he was 
one of the people I'd go visit on weekends at that hospital. Oh, okay. At that hospital. Guess where he is now? He's the director. He's yeah. a decision maker. Guess what? I ended up getting $1.5 million out of that deal in the end. Yeah, that's true. Because I turned a situation where I could have lost it, my integrity, I could have lost my temper. So this is why it's so, so important. When you have those bad days, bad deals, if someone screws you over, as hard as it is, you just have to look at that and breathe. And I, 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 that's a challenge for me. I, I, I don't have it. I'm working on it. And I always will just because of my personality. Like I said, I've had people fuck me over. Yeah, that's It happens. Yeah. It happens. But we look at it as, instead of looking at it as, why do people keep on fucking me over? Saying, I love when people fuck me over because I get better. I get stronger. I get to learn from it and not, not try to get with those kind of people again and again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the next question is like, uh, I know you work with Alex, uh, like he's your partner in the, in this yeah. real estate business. So what is the story behind how did you meet him and how did you decide to become partners with him or like, how did that journey begin? Wow, man. That's, no one's ever asked me that question, man. I, I love that question. Um, Alex Solga, man, the guy's a beast. And if you guys aren't following him, you guys have to. He's on Instagram. Uh, maybe we'll put his handle there on. Uh, make sure you follow my man. Um, so Alex, Alex is a very unique story. Um, and Alex and I, we met at, uh, at a mastermind experience. Um, and, uh, and we're both members of what you see behind me at the council. Alex was been doing real estate investing since I think 2013, but thought he was doing it all by himself. Didn't know there was other people there and was really, he would have his day job and then he would go at night, do his job and doing like, like the typical 95% of real estate investors that start off. They think there's no other way. This is how you do it. You got to go sweat. You trade your time for money. So you basically, you've gone from a day job and then you're doing a night job. And he had some bad shit happen to him. So he had a situation where um, the tenants completely messed up his place. He was actually on the CBC. It was really fucking bad shit. So that's how I got wind of who Alex was. There was a CBC article. So now I'm going back to, I'm going back. This is before me and Alex even had a relationship together. He was hitting a, one of the lowest points in his life. I was already hitting the lowest point, points of our life. We joined a mastermind out of desperation because we had no other option. We had no other option. It was either do or die. Okay. He was dealing with a lot of personal mindset issues. And I'll get Alex on here because it'll be good to have come right from Alex. And I was dealing with a lot of personal issues, mindset issues. Both, both of us were both broken men. We had our real estate businesses. We had this, we had that, but we were both broken men. And it wasn't through the mentorship that we received that we collided and we started fostering a relationship together. What then happened is Alex and myself, we did a deal together. Okay. So what happens with a lot of real estate investors, they get this abundance feel and they're like, oh, I can JV with people. That's like basically someone's, they think it's a license that they, they, they've turned 16, they can get an erection, they can go fuck anybody they want. That's what happens. I'll tell you, that's exactly what happens. How many joint ventures actually get screwed up because people rush into the relationship too quickly? That's true. Yeah. So Alex and myself, we ended up doing a deal together. Yeah, and what happened there is that the deal fell through shit. It was a bad, bad, bad thing. And what happened was is being new investors, we got that, oh, look at the value on this property. It's so cheap. But it was through that experience that we really realized, like, because we wouldn't let it pull us down. It wouldn't let it pull us down. So when Alex and myself started working together, he came in as the money partner. I was the active partner. And we just both realized that, hey, we both have unique skill sets. And if we double down on our, on our unique abilities, it's a Clydesdales, right? And that's the name of my business. 
um, Clydesdales. So basically you take one Clydesdale, they can pull 8,000 pounds of weight. You put a second one together and now they can pull 24,000 pounds of weight. And we did that and it was, it's just been unbelievable the experience and journey so far. And I'm very blessed to have him as my business partner and his lovely wife and my partner, Zara. Um, it's, it, we're, we're, and you know what, Diraj, because we're all focused on mindset first, you should see the shit that happens to us, man. We've had bigger problems. Than I've, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. What? It's because we're taking bigger action. Yeah, people with one or two deal have to like. I had two properties and I had to deal with shit twenty four seven. I'm imagining you work on this twenty four seven. So how? I I just I just have to know what is your mindset. How do you sleep for eight hours? Because some some days I cannot fall asleep, and that's uh, that's when I realize no. This is not gonna stop me from getting my sleep, right? I just forget about it, just move on, and you know, next yep. morning it's all brand new. Absolutely, new, new day, new shit to have deal with, right? And you know what? You got to think of it as a side business. It could be like just having a your girlfriend could be good to you, your girlfriend could be bad to you, whatever it is, right? You got to put yeah. that park that to the side. You can't lose sleep over it because your responsibility as a business owner is to making sure you're doing what's right, That's and true. you and you cannot be afraid to burn the ships so uh going on that point right like uh i know you had a mindset shift or you decided to take um, a step in the right direction but when we do that right we come with a lot of bad habits that we have built up over the years right so how do you unlearn them or how difficult it was for you to unlearn them and then uh I just want to know how did you overcome that challenge? Yeah. How did I unlearn? You can't unlearn. You can't unlearn. It's programmed. You just have to do a, a software update. Okay. Okay. Um, to shed some light, I mean, I, I posted something today on Instagram that I don't think I've shared with people before. Uh, like, um, Try not to get emotional here, man. Um, I've killed, I've killed seven people. I'm the grim, I was the Grim Reaper, man. And people look at that saying, "Holy shit, what is this guy talking about?" I worked in a hospital and I worked in critical care, as I mentioned before. My responsibility was life support, but it was also my responsibility to terminate life support. Yeah, I was the person that was turning off life support. I was there watching people get in their last breaths and I had the control over that. Yeah. I worked in a pediatric intensive care unit. The youngest life I've actually turned off was uh, two weeks old. End of the life of a seven-year-old. I've actually had mothers slap me and yell at me saying I've killed their child. I've had fathers spit in my face in the hospital. I've had to be escorted to the hospital through security. I was doing this at a very early age, but the last person I killed was myself, my old self. I said, fuck this bitch. That was the last person I killed. And that's where I knew I, things had to happen. That's when I hit rock bottom, my friend. I hit rock bottom. I lost friends. I lost, um, I lost my self-respect. I lost, I lost all of this. I was on my knees. I had nothing. I had fucking nothing. And it wasn't until that happened that I said, I'm going to turn this. I'm going to turn this switch. And that's why I'm so heavily, deeply invested in mindset. So to ask your question about that and, you know, that that's where it all stems, man. And that's why we all, we all have our haunted past. We have our, our demons. I, I talk about my anxiety issues. Yeah. I talk about having to be on meds. There's shit I'm dealing with on a daily basis. But if it wasn't for focusing on mindset, the easiest thing for me would have been to do is to go to a gun shop, buy a Glock, and put a bullet between my ears. How's that for an answer? Like, that's that's really hard to, you know, if people have not lived that life, it's really hard to comprehend how difficult it was to make those decisions. And I really respect you for, you know, doing what you did throughout your life 
and that's the big like when i said i learned a lot of things from you uh, i feel i have a lot of similar mindset that you had previously and then uh, as you became vulnerable to like social media is so nasty right if you put even good people will not like it even if you put bad people will not like it like they will not let you live your life right and uh, i know i because i have followed your journey right i think i know this answer like what makes you be so vulnerable what makes me be so vulnerable yeah okay i'm going to put you on the spot since you know the answer to give it to me and i'll tell you if it's right or not like that's the i i think you believe that that's the only way for you to show how how important it is to be vulnerable and learn from it right 100% brother yeah 100% my super my superpower is my vulnerability or my vulnerability is my superpower i don't take my vulnerability for granted at all so i know where i came from i know what my limitations are i know those demons i know all that but i turn that into a superpower that's you use your vulnerability as not an excuse but an option to grow that's what i have learned from your journey so far and and that's that's what i'm trying to implement if i have an issue i'm not going to hide it from everyone i'm going to go out there and make sure i fix it mm-hmm. and that's 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 a good thing to have that's a good mindset to have right here's here's an exercise for you my friend yeah Because you say sometimes you're sleeping and not sleeping at night and, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. When you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, today, am I going to be a victor or am I going to be a victim? When you go to bed, before you close your eyes, ask yourself the same question. Today, was I a victim or was I a victor? Victor, yeah. If you're a victor, you should be sleeping okay at night. Yeah. It's not going to happen every day. There's nights. I'm a fucking little bitch because I was the victim that day. Because I didn't conquer but that is the beauty of this journey it's mastery yeah so just uh so when you get, got into real estate like what were your first deals like were you able to like were they good deals or you like what what were first few deals that you did were they good enough for you to think oh i can continue to do this or they were like oh shit i got into something bad but it's okay i'm going to keep learning kind of thing You know what? Um I got into when I got into real estate because I I lacked my my mindset was completely shattered. Yes. Um I was questioning myself every day. How can how can people say this is amazing to do real estate investing and how many millionaires are are created through this? This is bullshit. But it was because my mind wasn't on right. I mean, I was using social media, I was using YouTube to learn. I wasn't going and getting into a room where I can get mentors that walk me through the process. And so I mean I got into the game very quickly. I mean I bought four properties within 8 months. But all I was doing is I was trading away my time for money is what I was doing and what I was running out of was time and I was getting sick. I was getting sick and sick and sick through the process because my mindset was just getting buried with it. The people I was dealing with like there's a lot of scarcity. Like you I you see this at meetups my man. You'll go to a meetup and there's a handful that are really abundant and you know by walking in that room you can just feel the energy and then there's other mofos in there as soon as you go up to them it's like hey man i need a handyman oh my handyman's too busy it's like those are the motherfuckers i i i i stopped talking to hey how are you doing that's it i don't they don't need, they're nothing to me because those aren't the mofos i want around my circle the people i want in my circle are saying hey i'm going to connect you with this person because i believe in abundance and 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 that's what i i had i had a similar experience and just to and what i thought about that point was like let that person make his decision whether he's busy or not right like and that's that's, that's what i thought and and that's it and i was like okay thank you so much for your time then well in in the funny thing is like you look at that lizard brain of people they'll go in and they'll say no my guys too busy okay one did you wipe your, did you wipe his did you wipe his ass for him too And did you wash your hands after you wiped his ass? So the the the, the scarcity mindset is Diraj is going to take my guy from me. That's, that's like that same person that probably has issues with their wife talking to you saying Diraj is going to take my wife. <laughs> that's really a good <laughs> Right? Yeah. So where's the confidence level in that? Versus he Diraj, I appreciate that you're a new investor. Yeah, I'm going to connect you guys. Because now that person 
is giving that person. And now that person, if that person chooses to leave that individual to come to you, that's an issue in their relationship, not yours. Yeah, that's true. All my contractors, I give their names to all the investors that, that have earned a right from my side. And that, that's what, that's what I believe. If somebody has done good to me, I'm sure he has the capacity to do good to others or say, no, I don't have time because people I work with, I believe they have quality in them yeah. and people with quality will never compromise it for quantity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what it comes down to. And a lot of the, the journey in real estate investing is what I tell people. It's, it's not the deals. The deals are abundant. People will say, oh, there's no deals. There's no deals. I mean, shit. We, we, we sold three apartments in 10 days. I have another one coming up this right now. And I got like a heavy list of buyers that are saying, we want this, we want this, we want this. But money's abundant. Money's everywhere. What we don't have is time. That's true. So people are given a choice. They have a limited time. They can take that time and be an asshole and be scarce, or they can be an angel and be abundant. That's true. Choice. That that's awesome. Mark. That's awesome. Like being being with you and talking to you for half an hour has like you know, it's like reading through a book in like half an hour maybe, and a book with a lot of value. I appreciate that, man, and I appreciate you for putting your neck out there and coming on. Like I said to Ali before, I tell people, you come on my platform. Like usually with my high ticket sales consulting, it's three hundred bucks an hour. Yeah, and and okay. that's what. And that's what draw me here, right? Like uh, when I got the opportunity to be with you and I'm like, yeah, I will do it. I don't even care what, what, what the format is or what, what is going to happen. If, mm -hmm. if you believe in investing in yourself, like you have to be out there, right? Be willing mm -hmm. to talk, be willing to do things. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So Diraj, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You've, thank you so much, Mark. Because you've shown up and that's my other rule. Show the fuck up. That's because true. of that, now we're allies. That's true. Now we're allies. You talk to me like, hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? Yeah, let me go to Home Depot buy a pickaxe so you can pick my brain because I have nothing else to do. Or, hey, D-Raj, you leveled up. You got my attention, my man. Good for you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. That, that means a lot to me. Good, man. Well, keep up yeah. the great work. Keep your chin up. You got yeah. this, brother. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Okay, everyone, hope you're enjoying this. I did share a lot of stuff with you here. So um, yeah, if you watch this, I mean, I'm actually quite stunned. I even shared some of the stuff, but I'll continue sharing it. If you find my information is worthy for you, and if not, fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> so subscribe and like this. Now, uh, here's a question here. You work with other investors. Uh, do you work with other investors, just you and Alex? Or do you just buy or just wholesale? So Lance, we work with investors everywhere. We work with investors everywhere. Okay. Um, so we have structured allegiances. We have structured alliances with people. Okay. We're firm believers in just like Mark Cuban says, right? You rather have a piece of the watermelon than, than a full grape. So we have an active list of investors. We have investors across the country. We have investors in Dubai. We got investors overseas, like I said. Um, so for us, but it, again, it comes down to one thing. It's not who you know, but who knows you. Um, so Alex and myself are the principles of our business. Um, do you buy or just wholesale both? Okay. So we do both. Uh, and, um, but our, 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 our big push is supporting our, our, our investors, supporting our inner circle. We actually have an inner circle, uh, of buyers, um, that are looking for off market deals for specifically with apartments and multifamily. Those are the ones that we cater to. Um, and that's what we do on the wholesale side with specific to large multifamily and apartments. So cool. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, let's see if there's any more questions that have come up uh, here in comments. I mean, there's some great comments. I want to say thank you to you all. Uh, let me see on the Instagram feed. Okay, Rob Cadet, new respect for you. Oh, thanks, man. Um, didn't know I didn't have your respect before. <laughs> Okay, let me see if I got any more uh, questions up here. Um, I got, uh, I got, there's Trammy with some like shocked faces. I wonder what that was about. Uh, more money, more problems. In fact, it's not more money, more problems. You know what more problems is? More friends, more problems. Get rid of your fucking friends, all of you. What? 
Mark just said, get rid of my friends. Yes. Get in a room with allies. You need to have more allies, my friends. I didn't say my friends. That's that's an oxymoron. Okay. You need to have more allies. That's what you have to have. There's going to be leechers and there's going to be reachers. You need to be in a room for allies. See, when I went through hell and back and I talk about hitting that lowest point of my life, I fucking did a purge. And I strongly recommend doing a purge. Go through your Facebook. Remove people that bring you no value unless you really want to see them complaining about how bad the government's been treating them because of COVID. Unless you really want to see their craft dinner meal they just put in the microwave that's on their kitchen table. If that's bringing you value, then this channel and this content provided is insignificant for you. Nor do I want you to even subscribe. Unsubscribe from here. But you have to limit your circle. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Um, so I got this last comment here and let's see uh, what it comes up with. Love the value. Mindset is my biggest limiting belief. I've grown so much watching Grow with Cashflow Tribe. Love the real conversations. Okay. Cody, I'm going to push on you. This is your time. Fuck me. This is my story. You got to create your own story, my man. So you got to work on your biggest limit, limiting beliefs. Go double down on your mindset, my man. Go double down. You do that, my friend. <laughs> You're going to knock out of the park. But only you can do that. No one's going to do it for you. Okay. Perfect, everyone. I hope you, I should say I hope you, I know you enjoyed this content. And if you didn't, like I said, unsubscribe. And um, if you guys want to be on the show, you know how to do it. Just DM me on Instagram. Comment on YouTube saying, I want to be on the live Mark Smith show. 720, or sorry, the 72 show. That's the, I got too many shows. Okay. And if you're liking this content, subscribe to this channel and like what you saw today. With that, you guys all take care.